0: Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most
1: informational and entertaining auto detailing podcast, yeah. hosted by Marshall Hill of Total Auto Solutions and DJ Patterson of Eco Green yep. Mobile Detailing.
2: Grab
3: a pint and enjoy. Yep.
2: <sighs> yep.
3: Wait, when is Seema? Yeah, we're going to tell 4th me. through the 8th, that's what he said. November 4th through the 8th. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what you say. Okay. That's a pretty important date.
0: Yeah, I think you're right.
3: SEMA, November 4th through the 8th. That's
0: that's when we're going to be
3: there. Yeah. Yeah. And Tuesday is pint night. That's correct. Gordon Beer's Brewery. Are you recording right now? 8 to 10 o'clock on Tuesday of SEMA. And they should register at SemaPintNight.com. But I need to like DJ full on SemaPintNight.com. Can you do it? Not, no. You did it at the episode the other I night. doing
0: an episode right now. Okay. I'm doing something
3: else. Right. You're doing schedule. So you should like, you're ready to look at <laughs> the schedule and be like, SemaPintNight.com. I can do it, but not right now. SemaPintNight.com. I, just, I don't
0: have
3: beer to take on you right now. I you need a beer? It. You need beer? I have a beer in the fridge. You can get a beer, <laughs> SEMA you get a beer at SEMAPiteNight.com. Right. <laughs> no. hmm. Now we're recording the intro.
0: Oh, now you yes. want to record the intro. We're recording the intro
3: now. Oh, recording now. Yes. Okay, let's and do the intro.
0: go.
3: Thanks for listening.
0: They didn't
3: listen yet. Oh, they hadn't listened yet? They're going to listen. Oh, that was the outro. Damn
0: it. That would be the outro.
3: Must have been this single fermented Belgian golden ale from Duvel that you were so gracious to pick up. (laughs) (laughs) What time I pick this up does not matter. It doesn't. It doesn't. Because at the end of the day, it gets the job done. At the end of the podcast. (laughs) At (laughs) the end of the podcast, we figure out. Figure out why you year. didn't get to have a threesome. No, that's not it. <laughs> oh, you still going to have one? With you. Oh, we are? On Did you broadcast. just tell people that we were having a threesome? <laughs> I'm pretty sure in the intro, you're telling people that we're going to have a threesome. Yep. I'm not going to have a threesome with you.
0: We need someone. We do? <laughs> yes. Oh. Oh, We talked well, about that in the podcast. We did. It's not about sexual. Having a threesome. Guys, it's not sexual. We talked <laughs> about having a threesome.
3: I remember Christine, number one of the two Christines, being on the podcast. She was, yeah. And I think she was ready to bring on a third. She was going to have threesome too. She, like, there's a good chance. There's a good chance. There's a really she, good
0: chance. I think her, it's going good enough to where she might need to have a threesome soon. She did. It's the way it sounded. That's the way it sounded. And yeah. she was not opposed to it
3: either. I don't think that she was very opposed to the threesome. Yeah. But hmm. well, I guess they better f- try and figure out go what got girls, her to that point. You go
0: from two girls to a threesome. I mean. What do you
3: think would get somebody that's a solopreneur to have a, you know, and then a threesome after that? Like,
0: She's a rock star, that
3: Might be a pretty good episode that they should <laughs> it, listen to.
0: It's going to be. <laughs> and
3: then if they want to... Meet Christine and the other Christine.
0: I think she said, she confirmed. She did. She said, hey, I'll be there.
3: She'll be there. Where will she be? She'll be at the uh, pint night uh,
0: at the SEMA, SEMA week. pint night. SEMA pint night. And uh, Tuesday night, 8 o'clock to 10, free beer. The Heaven Wise is great.
3: Heaven Wise is unbelievable. Where should somebody go if they wanted to pre register? <laughs> For SEMA pint night, well, so that you don't items. have to sit outside so and wait while asked. everybody else so that pre-registered gets to go in and drink that beer, is, and they don't are you get a to go question in. Right
0: now, this is a great question.
3: That's not the tabout question. Such a great question, Marty. That's not the tabout question. Yeah. The tab question was completely different than yeah. SEMA night. Ask me again. Where do you go? Where do you go?
4: www.semapintnight.com.
0: Nailed
2: it.
3: Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, Chilada style. Chilada. Chilada. It's a chilada beer. Chilada. Yeah. Enchilada. Ooh, I had enchiladas today at the taco truck. No, not at the taco truck. Why at are the you taco your finger place my face again, Marty. Well, I can't put my hand on your leg anymore because yeah, I mean, your told finger me is not like to.
0: literally right by my nose.
3: Yeah, I know because you said you like it when I do that.
0: I don't like when you do that. Though. You don't get that finger out of my face. I thought man. you wanted it. Stop fingering me.
3: Oh man. Do you ever drink chiladas? I don't. Hmm. Well. Our guest, this is his special beer. He said it's his go-to okay. after a nice, warm, hot day. All right. And you know, it's a nice, warm, hot day.
0: It is a very warm
3: day. So we're going to drink cheladas. We're going to a... chill drinking cheladas. We're going to yep. chelada. All right, Josh, introduce yourself. That's a chelada beer. Yeah, it's, it's a chelada beer. <laughs> introduce yourself <laughs> by first telling us what your most memorable beer in Vegas has ever been?
1: Man, if I'd ever been to Vegas. Oh, okay. on, oh, man. I know. I know. I'm such a Debbie Downer when it comes to that. No, I haven't had the opportunity to actually make it out there yet. So, unfortunately, I can't answer that one. Um,
3: All right. Well, DJ, you, what, uh, you got a favorite beer that you've had uh, in Vegas? Maybe even a uh, last trip to Vegas?
0: Actually, yeah. So, we were, <laughs> we were in some little – so, you always find these little – Hole in the wall stores on the on like your walks through the strip or whatever. Oh, yeah. And when I, was this? This was when we were out with uh Ronald All Star and his guys. Oh, that night, yeah. Okay, and uh, there was a bunch of beer, a bunch of tall boys, different craft beers, and there was that one. It was some wheat. What was it? The mango cart, the mango cart, and there was one left. And you're like, ah, oh, go ahead,
3: yeah, I was and like, I was you like, gotta yeah. have it. <laughs>
0: it was so good.
3: Yeah. You're like, no, it's okay. It's like, no, bro, you need to drink this. It was amazing. Yeah. And Mango I searched cart, for the second
0: yeah. one. There was no more. I, I tried. I felt bad, but I didn't afterwards.
3: Mango card is a really great beer. Uh, I would say, so it's interesting, Josh, when you said Chilada. Uh, mm-hmm. So we didn't get the Bud Light Chilada. Okay. Uh, we got a couple. We got some Bud Light Chiladas. We're going to do a little Chilada try. We're going to try some different Chiladas. Uh, but this first one is the Modela Chalada.
0: Modelo. I've had that one before. That one's actually pretty good.
3: It's very tasty. And um, it immediately made me go, oh, yeah. It's, you a, made...
0: it's a good beer. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You went oh, yeah?
3: I went oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. my favorite beer, I think, so far in Vegas was uh, Modela Chalada. Really? That I had on Saturday morning.
4: <laughs> cool, so, man.
3: so I wake up to this text message from Ashley West, and she's like, "Come have a beer." And we sit down at the bar drinking chaladas for like two hours playing nice. video blackjack. Not only she drop dead gorgeous, but she's got the personality to go with it. She is super fun, <laughs> and it just made for like one of the best two hours. Is that why
0: you're walking on air? Walking on air when you oh, I like, was, What are do you doing? Where you, where you <laughs> been at? Man, you look like you're on cloud nine. <laughs>
3: that yeah, was oh, it was funny. it was super hey, fun
0: that's some good community right there yeah Marshall. i'm proud of you buddy
3: cheers to there you go. all right josh introduce yourself tell us why you picked the chilada. give us some background story who are you
1: all righty well first off I'm, my name is josh rarick i've been detailing for a little over 11 years now um i've done it ever since high school about two weeks out of high school is when i first got into it and um, did the dealership thing and worked and kind of did the detail shops here and there for about eight years. This'll be my third year working for myself.
3: Okay. Uh, So, so 11 years, is that what you said? Started two weeks out of high school. When was that? Like ninety uh, I
1: graduated two thousand eight and I went to my first dealership. I honestly went to go to be a mechanic. All my other family and older uncles and everything are all mechanics. So I kinda wanted to follow that footstep and there was just a little more effort than I necessarily wanted to put out to <laughs> acquire
3: that. Josh, you don't like no. to put out? He doesn't put out. No.
1: No. He doesn't put out effort. <laughs>
3: so where are we talking? Where did you grow up?
1: Um, I grew up, uh, I was a 12-year senior at Noble, so Norman, Noble area. Um, a
3: 12-year uh, senior? Ground. Does that mean you went there all, all 12 years of yes, sir, school? Yes, sir, yes, from yeah.
1: kindergarten to graduating, I was, a, I was a Noble.
3: Wow. So what's Noble known for besides meth? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
4: well,
1: we used to be good at wrestling. I don't know how we are now, um, but outside of that, Wrestling and was about
4: the <laughs> <laughs> nice.
3: only And Thunder Road, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, Thunder Valley's down there. Thunder also. Valley. Sorry, not road. You do what? Uh,
1: yeah. So, uh, so I started.
3: Well um, yeah, Thunder Valley. Uh, isn't that what you said? Thunder Valley. It's so, a it's a big racetrack.
1: Okay. Yeah. yeah they, that's where Street Outlaws made that one super popular. Gotcha. Mm-hmm.
3: And it's just so, it's a little south of Norman, which is just a little south of Oklahoma City, so. About an hour yep. south of OKC.
1: Yep, that's about right.
3: Okay, so two weeks out of high school, you go work, uh, go to work as a mechanic.
1: Well, uh, that's what
3: decides I not to put out at the dealership.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, I made it to the interview, and that's
1: when he kind of gave me the gist of everything that needed to be I needed to be doing on my end to kind of follow the footsteps to get to that step, and I. I was done with school. I wanted to make some money and learn a trade versus going to school and all that jazz. So I opted out of doing the lube tech and the mechanic, and he asked me if I'd be interested in detailing. What dealership? uh, It was actually Mark Heights Chevrolet, back when it was still on 24th and Main and not not where Landers is now. Okay. Um, But so I got in on that. I decided that's what I was going to try out and I ended up liking it and pretty much just started taking all the hours I could possibly get. They taught me a little bit here and there and then I kind of bounced around when the money wasn't good. I went elsewhere um, and then I got to the point where I went to independent detail shops and that's where everything kind of elevated for me as far as skill set and the OCD part of the detailing. worked with a gentleman for probably four or five years on and off and everything from being his right hand guy to running the shop, doing everything, but cutting the checks. And I pretty much plateaued out as far as what I could teach myself and like pick up. And I didn't have anybody to really show me anything outside of that. And then that's right when the social media and Facebook got super big and all the groups came out and I learned the term paint correction. And so then I wanted to figure out how to do that. And that was probably about five years ago. Um, And then we actually, I met my wife, we moved out to the Stillwater area and pretty much started from square one and rebuilding clientele, customer base and everything and worked a couple years decided I wanted to do it on my own. And so that's what I did. Finally left after three years working uh, for Barry Sanders in Stillwater. Hmm. and I really haven't looked back. It's been super busy pretty much since I left. (laughs) So
3: So tell us about the dealership world and detailing.
1: The dealership world and detailing versus what a lot of us do out in the industry. um, It's a lot quicker paced. The detailing part of it, as far as your nooks and crannies and things like that, a lot of that can be overlooked. Um, You can quote unquote cut corners on certain things like that. Um, it was just, it was very quick, very speed. Like, um, you know, if you, if you only do two vehicles that day, you were, it was a very slow day. There were days you do two vehicles. There were days we do 20 or more. Um, so it was just, I kinda, I liked it just because I, I had figured out the system. And so I knew how to still kick out quality work and be efficient and still make good money while I was doing it. Um, I just. I got to the point where I started seeing stuff I wanted to fix and I started fixing it and I wasn't getting compensated for it. So it kind of, that's where I kind of figured out that the dealership game just wasn't for this guy because I wanted to do higher quality work, better work, and, you know, actually put some time and effort into it versus just going through the motions. And so that's when I realized that the dealership thing just wasn't what I wanted to do. And I actually wanted to do something more like the high end, for the higher end services and everything like that.
3: So that's interesting. Going from dealership to high end. That's what I wanted to do. I I started
1: out trying to be super nice and. Uh, <laughs> okay, Don't so we all? First, <laughs> yes, yes. That was my. That was a big mistake on my yeah. my end. Um, but when I first moved out to Stillwater, well, what I do you mean?
0: The, what do you mean? Charging too less for all the work. Uh,
1: you- it was one of those. <clears throat> uh okay so the dealer i worked for prior to that i was their only detailer and they let me just go crazy um they had da's they had rotaries and they had you know they wanted their cars to be the best looking on the lot and good for I them but they let me you Not know and no. No. i could figure it out and so what, they
3: gave was me that me barry sanders ideas. yeah uh no that was actually Mark uh, thomas ford oh that was who
1: thomas ford, thomas huh? ford. it's now um, Bill Knight um
3: but oh, complete... here in Tulsa.
1: No, this, uh, Bill Knight also has a Ford place in Stillwater now. Oh. He bought out the Thomas Owen Thomas Ford. I think that's what it was. Um, but they were, they had less volume, but they were way more picky as far as the quality. Like, they, they bring me keys and tell me to do my thing. And when they said that, that meant paint, correct it, you know, and get it done. It didn't matter if I spent three days on it. It was the fact that it was looked... Awesome. That's what they wanted. They were a quality over quantity dealership, whereas the other ones I worked at were the other way around.
3: Yeah, I would so, say DJ and I. mean, what do you mostly hear coming out of dealerships?
1: Uh, quantity over quality. Yeah. All day. Okay. yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, and there's nothing against
3: that. Like, I mean, and I like a lot of guys that have major quantity. Like, like. Like a lot. Of yeah. Quantity, yeah. I walked into a dealership the other day, and the poor guy had two cars that he was just rinsing off two waiting right in front of them uh they some salesman had just brought in another one and he was telling that salesman like yeah but y'all brought me that full detail i'm supposed to have out by four and i'm still working on these two and they already brought me those two like yeah oh yeah and that was a waiter that they had just brought back to get cleaned up like
0: someone's waiting on the vehicle
3: yeah oh my Mm -hmm. word yeah Yeah, i've heard a
0: lot of guys that i've interviewed before have come on board and they're like man Dealership detailing is no joke.
3: Yeah, and so it, we as detailers think it's the other detailers' fault, and they shit on detailers that work at dealerships. It's not the detailers; it's, their, it's the system. No, right.
1: Like, Absolutely not. No, and then seeing, I'm I'm one of those. Like I, I'll give anybody as, as many as much the benefit of the doubt as I can, and I try to see it from every angle. Being that I've been in those shoes at the dealership, being the dealership detailer, and seeing all the crap and the shit that everybody talks about it. Like there's exceptions to every single rule, no matter the way you look at it. I mean, I I started in dealerships, and I mean, there's probably cars that I left, buffer trails and everything before I knew better. But at the same time, when I left the dealership that I finally left and quit for good, it was you know I left on good terms. I left on and I was doing quality work. They knew what we were capable of. They just didn't want to pay for it. So again, that's where the quantity over quality came into play. But but no, I mean there's
3: so you're so you're like uh, Manny, uh, you know. Did you go through Manny's class or not?
1: No, I haven't. Uh, I've had a lot of people tell me I need to just
3: to uh, do it. I wouldn't say now you need to, but you know maybe way back then you did. But he he would preach exactly what you kind of lived out. Um, that detailers getting into the industry should go work at a dealership because you can, you know, uh, sharpen your teeth, cut on your someone
4: teeth, else's yeah, dime.
3: on somebody else's <clears throat> dime. Learn how to do everything. If you burn oh, yeah. paint or if you don't, like if you mess something up, yeah. they can fix it, you know, and you, you're not having to spend any money to do it. You're just getting paid to, to basically ha- learn experience. And like mm-hmm. like you said, you learned how to do paint correction and could do all that so that once you were done, once you left, you could go right into your own gig and you don't, you don't have a learning curve. You already know everything. So exactly. that's really awesome, Josh. That's a cool story.
1: So but yeah, so that's when I finally decided to leave all that. Um first year was rough. i will not be honest. I had made the mistake of getting it uh stopping pretty much right at Wimp's cold season. Um and I just
0: Ooh. it was one of the, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I did the same. <laughs> yeah. you know, it
1: was, it was it was super scary. Um mainly because when we finally made the decision that I was gonna quit my job and I was gonna go full time and do this for real, uh we were in the process of having my first child and it was a little bit complicated spent a little bit time in the NICU and so it was already stressful and so that just added a bunch of extra stuff on my plate on top of the fear of, that everybody has been making the jump um so it was it was a little stressful but it was one of those things it doesn't matter how bad it gets for me i can always see the bigger picture and i know better to know that even if i'm not in the mood for it right now just do it get it over with you'll be happy that you push through it and dealt with it, you know, and just keep on consistent, being consistent. Consistency is a very big key to it.
3: So would you say what made you, what helped you get through those early, early struggles of trying to run your own business would be optimism?
1: Absolutely. I. There, were, there weren't very many people that, had a lot of faith in me and as far as what I was, what I wanted to do, what I knew I could do, I just didn't have the foundation to do it. Um, my wife was one of the biggest backers of it and, nice. and so that made it a lot easier um, but I mean, it was one of those that, you know, maybe working on something and I had more time in it I was losing money or I just wasn't making money I was always the thought to go back and work for somebody and then, you know try to do it on the side again and retry it Always popped into my head, but it's just, it just wasn't what I wanted to do. Um, everything about working for myself had had the pro versus working for somebody. Um, so yeah. it just,
3: I mean, I think everybody's got to go through the, a little bit of that struggle, right? Like it's yeah. it's one. so hard for people. There's not too many people that can go from a job to opening their business and never have any issues.
0: No. It's always I want to talk to that guy.
3: Yeah. Yeah, no joke.
1: Yeah, I need to go to his class if he's got one. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) had to jump right in to make six figures.
1: But, yes, as far as the persistence, yes, and being uh, optimistic, that was a very, very big thing. It was one of those you all always had to keep telling myself it was going to get better. I knew it was going to get better. I just had to find the right person, you know, the the cheerleader – customer or that's what I call them and I, I'll explain that later uh, but finding somebody like that or finding just getting in with the right group of people and getting that kind of work that you wanted to do. Um,
3: do you think that it was group group. your optimism and your outreach and your you know being positive is what attracted those people?
1: A lot of it was that um, Another thing that I've had a lot of people uh, especially my customers mention to me uh, is uh, my work ethic. Um, I'm not, I'm one that you don't have to babysit and watch over. You can leave me with your half a million dollar boat all day. And I'm going to work all day. <laughs> um, and it's, it's just one of those, like every time that customer walks up on walk me, nine times out of 10, I'm working. It doesn't matter if I've been working for 30 minutes or 10, 12 hours, I'm still working. And they're just, they can see that I have, that I take a lot of pride in my work. I, I'm picky and, and I'm not a smoke and mirrors detailer. Like everything that I see, I try to give them a crash course through, what i see so i put lights on when i do a test spot for them and i do a test spot in front of them um that way you know i mean and there's multiple reasons as to why but it's just one of those like it's it's a major difference that's one of the things that sets me apart from a lot of other people is the fact that it's um that i will do stuff like that and kind of go a a little bit out of my way to you know do an assessment do a test spot show them the differences point stuff out and uh You know, like I said, no smoke and mirrors, no snake oil. Like, I give it to them as straight as I possibly can just because that's the best way to set the expectations and make them realistic. And everybody stays happy and there's no surprises at the end of it all, you know? Um, But I just, I like to make sure that everybody that I do work for trusts me. Before they ever even decide to book the job, even if they didn't book the job, I want them to still have me as a backup in case they want need something done. And be like, okay, well, this guy showed me he knows what he's doing. He came to my house and paused a spot on my car and showed me, like, it looks awful, you know. But like that's the extra effort is what makes it, makes the difference in me and a lot of other guys because uh, my assessments, for one, I do those for free. It don't matter if I'm 10 minutes away or two hours away. The fact that I'll go out there and, you know, quote-unquote, work my magic for 30 minutes and show you what I can do or what your project can look like versus somebody else is just going to quote you over the phone. And, you know, like it it wins for both parties on that end. It's just that's one of the things that I'm very particular about um, is doing assessments and going to meet him in person and pretty much talking the talk over the phone and then walking the walk when I'm in front of them to kind of instill trust and confidence in them that, look, okay, this guy knows what he's doing. I'm not, I, you know my car my vehicle's in good hands um you know it it helps everything justifying the price on whatever they're wanting um instilling the trust and the confidence and me as a business owner retailer and everything that you know i'm gonna do a good job on their stuff and it's it's just one of those like you stay consistent and people notice and word of mouth is a big thing a lot of people talk you know especially when you or is that passionate about trying to get the work and, you know, do it right or do it to your standard? And like I said, I just, I don't leave anything on the table to leave any surprises at the end of it. And I think that helps me a lot. And then going a little extra as far as, you know, going to them to do an assessment or a test spot and kind of,
4: that just that helps further the chances of me landing the job and then, you know, having a good overall business transaction
0: and service and then just being happy in general. Yeah, that's good. So I I, realized, I know that when you go and do a test spot on, on things, you meet the person or meet the client in person, you have a better opportunity to land the job for sure because you're one-on-one, you can fill them out. Uh, you can quote higher. you can show what you can do and so on and so forth, that's good. But you're not, <clears throat> you're not going out and quoting and doing test spots for autos. I mean, you're, you're very niche now, right? Do you, I mean, what's your bread and butter? What are you slowly working? Because I see a lot of boats you've done and a lot of transformations on boats which are really, really big. Let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, what's your? Is that your target market? Is
3: is? Yeah. Can can we can we review can we review the Modelo
0: real quick? You want to review the Modelo because yeah, you want to go ahead and open up. the we got got hop, hop
3: into Marty's the next done, one. With the done with the Modelo. He's Modella. ready. To... We're ready to go to the next one. Fine, Josh, like you fine, nailed it. Fine. These are great beers. Perfect for a hot day. Sure, man. Let's go to the I'm next
4: telling one, you, man. They got that nice little kick to knock the edge off.
3: Uh, well, I just think it's because they're smooth. That little that tomatoey. I don't know. Like it's just added something. It's kind yeah. of refreshing.
0: I enjoy a uh, Bloody Mary, so this is yeah close I was thinking, to yeah, okay, Bloody a Bloody Mary. that's a good example.
3: I was like, it's it's like a it's beer like Bloody, 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 Bloody Mary. Mary in mm-hmm. a yeah,
1: sense. it's just not it's not as stout, but
3: man, are they good? <laughs> yeah. So, what do you think, DJ Modella, Chilada?
1: Oh, it's great.
0: I like it a lot. It well, would be definitely. Oh, I'm rating this right now.
3: Well, we kind of have to because we're gonna go through different ones.
0: On the Chilada scale.
3: <laughs> on the
0: Chilada scale, I'm gonna rate it a. Uh, a good three five.
3: Okay. On a beer scale. Hmm, I don't know that I can put it in the same category as a beer. There, Marshall. Well, it's it's it says Cerveza right on the front, so it is a beer. Right. So then I'm going down to like a one five. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Cool. So one five. Uh, I would get that again. I think I'm going to keep the extra one I bought. Like, I I I really enjoyed that. It could be the uh, memory of. Uh, I enjoyed it for a while. It just burned in your memory. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give it a four, though. I really enjoyed that.
4: Mm.
3: All right, so That's a lot of head. That is a lot of head. That Way too much head on that one. I wasn't paying attention. Didn't you get enough last night? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so back to your question. You asked him. No,
0: he talks a lot about doing test bots and so forth. and Guys that work on autos, you're not going to go out and do it test spot on someone's carpet. I mean, are you, you're talking about bigger jobs, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. When I say test spot, uh, that's extent paint, paint, or coat. Um, I, I won't necessarily go. I'll, I will go if it's in like a certain radius, I'll go check out a vehicle if they just want a detail um, or something a little less. Um, but as far like I won't go, I won't drive over an hour away to go look at somebody that only wants a $200 detail. Uh, I would probably either just ballpark them and give them the best case to worst case over the phone and then tell them, you know, when I get a chance, when I come out there, if you're interested or if you're happy with the ballpark, and I come out there and once I actually see it, then, you know, I'll put the number in between that.
3: Yeah, but I think he's saying you went niche. Like, you don't, you mostly do boats now, right? I mean, I think we're going to move into, you know, really kind of a specialty that you've developed and i agree yeah. i mean when when i've seen stuff too and i think that's what dj was saying like you're going out to quote probably more boats right that way than cars oh, absolutely. yeah
1: yeah yeah well yeah i will definitely go further out of my way to go quote a boat um mainly because most of the time when i get a phone call for a boat correct some form of corrections involved mm-hmm. um and so most of the time it ends up being work the trip mm-hmm. uh like i've went as far as uh, ten killer, which from where I'm at is about a two and a half hour drive, one direction. Um and I've done I did actually did, it was a forty two foot sea ray bridge sedan and it was blue from the bump rail down, white from the top up and it was uh, like a those are gorgeous. So a, a beautiful boat. It just didn't look that great when I got there. Um the owner it was the owner just didn't know any better. He was washing the boat with um, La's totally awesome, rinsing it and drying it, or rinsing it and then just wow. <laughs> what? Yeah, well, it, what is it La's totally awesome. You buy it at
3: the dollar store. Oh, really? It's just a, in a spray bottle cleaner. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think you can much. get a gallon. That's but totally I don't know awesome, dude. My mom uses it and mm-hmm. she swears by it. She's like, "It's the best. It's totally awesome." Is that how she sounds? Oh, yeah, that's it's
1: pretty much. That's what he thought until. It started chemically burning his gel coat because he wasn't thoroughly rinsing it off, being so caustic, and it was it basically turned the bottom half of it into what looked like oxidation. Mm. Um, Not so and awesome. That one was one. That one was one. When I called the guy, he immediately told me he was interested in ceramic. Um, and so, I mean, that's that's right there is my big bread and butter as far as what I really try to shoot for is correcting boats and toting them, um, just because I can get good money for them. And that's, I can get, I can make more money doing boats than I can vehicles, um, even if it's corrections and coatings. And, um, and most of the time, when it, as far as going to do test spots uh, on vehicles, I got a higher chance of going to do test spots on vehicles that are closer to me than further. Um, that's where I'll just ballpark them over the phone. And then when I see it, I give them concrete numbers from there and then we get after it after that um but usually on a boat i got no issues going to see it whether it's in the water it's at the marina somewhere it's on in your driveway in a shop like wherever it's at it doesn't really matter to this guy. i'll go check it out and see it or bare minimum at least get pictures of it so i can get some sort of an idea of what i'm getting into before i ever even set eyes on it or anything
0: Cool. So I think we missed. So how, so, how did you get, like, what got you into doing boats a lot? Because I see a lot on, on the page of the uh, Detailers of Oklahoma page that we're in together, and you post a lot of boats. So, what got you into that, that niche? Uh, honestly, it was
1: the right person saw it, saw the right post at the right time kind of thing. Um,
3: I, That's really, road. really interesting. I've That's been, it, really I interesting. Did. So instead of um, yeah. posting the same damn picture over and over, you actually were creative, <laughs> and somebody saw your creativity, they saw what your work, and that's what got you into it. That's really interesting. That's what got me
1: super heavy into it. Um, that's like, really point, interesting. It just snowballed. Um, what happened was it was two years ago, February, the very first boat I did was for a family member. Um, they, they knew I detailed. I detailed some of the vehicles in the past, and they asked if I could do boats and at that point in time i knew i could cut with a rotary and you know polish with the da and i could get it i could correct it pretty darn good um to the point nine out of ten people would be super with it. Um so quoted it did it and i posted it on the page and this guy just so happened to see it and he messaged me and he actually runs a private page out of the harbor marina out of keystone lake and um Basically, he messaged me and said they had multiple boats out there. They'd been looking for somebody to do the boats for two, over two years, and they could never get anybody out there that was willing to get on the water and do them. Um, at that point in time, I had I had never actually got in the water to buff a boat. I was just one of those that I wasn't scared to do it, and I knew I would figure it out one way or another. Um, so. I messaged him back and set up an assessment to kind of look at it. He had a pretty much a notebook pad full of slip numbers and just we jumped on the golf cart, went down to the slips and I said, okay, this guy wants a quote. This guy wants a quote. This guy wants a quote. And I mean, it was, I need that call. I'm this. that. Um,
3: so, so first boat, right? How do you even quote it?
0: Yeah. Cause a lot of guys, so a lot of, a lot of detailers yes. <coughs> really.
3: Uh, oh no, we got to talk about nevermind. That, that's later. Uh, it was getting good. I know. But we'll save that question for later. Let me just ask, though, like, what went through your mind? Like, are you really sticking to that itinerary, Martin? We can't chase the rabbit. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: But, so, when,
3: so
1: when after, <laughs> after you'd shown me all the boats, I, honestly, I was super overwhelmed because all these boats were bigger than any boat I'd ever touched.
3: Yeah. Um, oh, so you had done boats before. This wasn't your first boat. No, I know. I, I, I oh, had okay. boats over
1: the years, um, and it just wasn't a niche. I was, it was just, I was a detailer that did a little bit of
3: everything. Cause I, I run from it. boats. People would ask me. Well, a lot of people do. Yeah, like I never I wanted to touch a boat because it just, it takes so long. You never know what to charge. They wouldn't ever want to. I just never felt, if we were cleaning their car for like a hundred bucks or something, like, that boats. Three times its size, they're not going to want to spend three, four hundred dollars. But you yeah, almost feel like, like you need like it's it's so big. Oh yeah. She said. No, when you do, um, I mean honestly, that's I, I I don't get very many just calls to wash
1: anything. Um, but I mean I I do, I do get them occasionally in the mix. The last one that I actually just went and washed and dried, or I actually washed and put a sealant on it. Um, but it was it was a fifteen dollar a foot deal, and it was a forty plus foot boat. So, I mean, you're right there. There's $600, and I'm just washing it, putting a, you know, a spray sealant on it. Um, something that I can do by myself in a day, and you know, six to six to eight hours, depending on the size of the boat. And you know, if we're doing the inner gel coat and everything and all that good stuff. Um,
3: but. All right. So let's let's get into topic number one. Thank DJ you. scrolling through the phone. And I'm like, come on. Yeah. Let's let's jump in. Good call. Good call. Before we do. What do you think, DJ? We've got Bud Light Chalada. Much better. The original made with Clamato. Much better. Chlamydia? No, no, no. Clamato.
0: Oh, is that like Chlamydia in
3: Spanish? Yeah, something like that. Sure. Yeah. You're drinking Chlamydia. How does that sound? (laughs) It's going to sell right off the shelves really well. (laughs) So, what do you think? You like it? It's better. It, it's a little bit more spicy. It's much
0: spicier. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. And
3: I figured you'd like it. That's a little bit more like a true Bloody Mary in a sense. Exactly. A little bit yes. more spicy. I like it, to a lot it. Which one are you drinking, Josh? Is this that the is one what you're drinking?
1: drinking? Yeah. Yeah, I've actually got the Bud Light enchilada with uh, the lemon Extra. Oh. So it's got a oh. little bit more of the It
0: has lemon in it. Okay. got some lemon in it. Nice. That's cool.
3: Yeah. All right. So let's go in. What is boat detailing? I mean, what all is involved?
1: that use are a little different um most of them can kind of transfer from vehicle to boat but like there's a there's a lot of differences as far as
3: okay so I, I think when i get that question and people will say hey man do i need to use like there's this like compound for boats or hey there's this like so you specifically use a compound for gel coat or do you just use regular compound
1: no i i, I can't tell you the last i used a marine specific uh, compound
3: okay thank you i always thought that that was just a big like way to sell a product yeah that's exactly what it is no um i mean there's
1: there's differences as far as um like the main thing is the work cycles um just because gel coat's a lot more porous and if it's oxidized it's dry so a lot of times it'll if you're Using something that doesn't already have a good work cycle or something like a carrier solvent in it to give it a longer work cycle, it'll just soak up into your gel coat and then your are dry buffing. Um, so you're not really doing more damage at that point, then you're doing good and you're not making any progress. Um, so it's one of those that you just, you find the right one or you, you know, you shorten your work area, but. I am man. It's been like I said. It's probably been two or three years since I've used a marine-specific compound. Most of the time, I use something that, like a, just a good diminishing abrasive compound that's got a good work cycle to it that will cut through most of everything. Then pair that with some good wool, and I can do some work for sure.
3: Some wool, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm
1: a yeah. big wool guy. Not too much on the microfiber, but yeah. I can, so we
0: can use um, some wool. yeah, wool's great. We use um the white um foam pads the white 3m foam pads Mm -hmm. those are great oh yeah i've you man i've used i've used
1: a couple of the name brand ones uh the buff and shine euro wools i i'm a big fan of um uh the lake country purple foam or purple woolers are pretty nice um i'm not super big on the old school big old wool pads um not sure why i've used them on boats before and they do great i just they're just not my cup of tea for some reason i usually stick to the Euro wool. So honestly, <laughs> I, I can do the majority of my work with the Euro wool and the Millie in one step. I don't rarely ever have to do a two step on the boats just because I've kind of figured out a good solid combination to get consistent results most of the time. Um, but but yeah no I'm a diehard wool guy. Um, I've tried to
3: So that, the, the the Millie's your go to? Oh yeah. No yeah, rotary? Sure. I figured you'd be oh, a rotary God. guy. Got a rotary um, I've got a bunch of little I've got a bunch of polishers um, but when it comes to
1: when it, if the, if I'm doing these sort of sanding or the boats just beyond what I'm able to even do with the force rotation then yeah I'll rotary will come out the flex will come out and I'll do some cutting and then come back with the millie with the foam pad or something and the same
0: compound rotation right is the millie yeah, force rotation. rotation or it is
1: uh-huh. <coughs> yeah it just spins the opposite direction than the flex does. Oh, okay and
3: what's the, from you using it, what does that do? That just because it, like, I know they make a big deal about it, spins differently. Like, does it do anything for you? Like, is it?
1: Um, well, being that, it's, being that I'm able to run the wool and the compound that I use breaks down and can finish down rather nicely with wool, especially on gel coat, just because it's a little harder. Um, I have found that I can still, I can get the cut of a rotary, with that compound in the wool and the milli, and I can still finish it, so I can essentially do two steps versus, or I can essentially do two steps in one step. Um, I, there's a lot of times where I don't need to come back and polish because there's no swirls, the gloss is great, there's no haze. You know, it just it just finishes down nice. So That's as cool. As to,
3: <laughs> you're you know, finishing so a, You're finishing cutting oh, and finishing. Yeah, with a wool pad. Oh yeah. That's awesome. What compound are you using?
1: It's actually some of Barney's new stuff um, that's apparently going to replace his pure cut. It's called Impressive.
3: Okay. So for everybody that's listening, Barney is a local distributor. Good dude. We like him. He's been around for, geez, like, what, 15 years years or something? I mean, he's been around a long time. Um, He was working for another company and then has gone out on his own, selling his own line of products. Um, Good dude in the community. uh, Good guy. I think a lot of those that he gets from like that is B and B blending. So for yeah. anybody around the different parts of the country, I don't know. You might be able to find Barney somehow and get it, or figure out who's using B and B blending and uh, and be able to get it from there. I don't know if that. I mean, I don't. I just I don't ask Barney where he gets everything, so I don't know. But but it probably is from there. And what'd you call it?
0: Impressive. It's called
3: impressive. Okay. And it's a, it, you, you said it's a diminishing abrasive, so is it water-based also? Uh,
1: I actually believe this one's solvent-based. Huh. Um, I, I mean, I haven't had any issues with it as far as stain and trim or anything like that with it, um, but this one, in comparison to the one that it, that was the go-to before, this one has a much
0: longer working cycle. Yeah, though. because uh, the pure cut doesn't have a long working cycle at all.
3: No, and it no, dusts
0: no, It it dusts really bad, yeah. but it cuts like yeah, hell. It's I mean.
3: impressive, doesn't it? I have,
0: I've yet to have it dust. And if it dusts, it's because of user error. Yeah, pure um, cut saved my ass sometimes on, on a few things. No,
3: it wasn't user error. Like, they put it on. When we were buffing a car after a workshop, and we were going through doing it, Manny put some of his, pu- put that pure cut on the pad and thought I didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> Like, and it started, like, it dust. Oh, yeah. But. Yeah,
1: the longer you work it, the, the dustier it's going to get.
3: Okay, so not user error, just. You have to know how to use You it. have to not work it as long.
4: It's, work it's working so long.
0: window
3: is not very long. Not at all. Not okay. like no. CutMax is
1: our yeah. go-to. That fucking
0: goes forever. CutMax goes forever. Like. Yeah,
1: that's. Cut Max in this impressive or similar as far as the work cycles. Okay, um, cool. This one, I believe, has got kerosene or a kerosene base in it, so the work cycle is a lot longer. It's way more liquid versus, like, the pasty kind of thicker consistency that the pure cut was.
3: Interesting. So do you think, I mean, with cutting boats, I mean, that's a good question that a detailer is going to ask. Like, so can't just grab any compound? Like, what what should they look for? Let's say they can't get a hold of Barney. Let's say they... Can't figure out who's got B and B blending that they can get it from. What's a con- like? What should they look for in a compound when doing votes?
1: When looking, um, I I always look for something that's gonna cut substantial. Um, the quicker it can cut for me, the better um and but i also at the same time i want to reduce my time as far as having to do any sort of finishing if it's possible so if it's a solid diminishing abrasive that you can finish down and you figure out that time window on or note or basically just figure out the signs to watch for to know that when the compounds broke down to the polish and then you know you kind of tweak your techniques from there um that's one of the big things um the next is what how how capable or how versatile is it can i use it with a wool pad and still finish down the same way if the boat's not as bad and i don't need a wool pad i can't justify it and you know i use a polish pad can i still use that and still get the same results and still finish down that well even though the pad doesn't give me the same cut um but it's one of those like if i can't get a hold of pure cutter impressive uh, as far as the name brands go that a lot of people would be able to recognize a minzerna for H heavy cut 300 or heavy cut 400 be my a very close second for me.
3: Yeah, I've heard those are really good. I've never. Uh, I, well, we used them for a
1: little bit, didn't we?
0: On boats, so we're using 3M Super Duty. Or there's a Presto compound is amazing mm-hmm. too. It cuts as hell.
1: I've heard a lot of people
0: praise the Presto stuff. It's. Um, I, mean, I haven't personally used it, but I've heard it's supposed to be some gnarly cut. Yeah, compound it really is. Our, our boat guy, he not. was getting. Hey, it's Paul. Paul's here. Cool. Our boat guy, he was getting. Um, he was doing 3M super duty oh, all the time hey guys, how are you all and uh switch over that? to presto because we ran out of super duty they were out in tulsa and he said we might need to switch to presto from now on so
2: what's up paul <laughs> Not much. You
3: yeah, by. hey paul we got josh on. hey look at that glass
2: wow gordon beers brewery i know nicely right. done that's, virginia beach. That's, that's,
3: that. that's where our
0: pint night's at and i've seen yeah it. Oh, is it in really? vegas yeah
2: uh-huh. oh i love it I, I will tell you that was my favorite one out in virginia beach we, huh uh, my uh
0: well, coincidence. Wife,
2: well, we'll say ex-wife now because that's what she likes to be called. But uh, <laughs> so you still call her wife? <laughs> All right. No, no. So anyway, so what are you so, drinking there, Paul? I'm drinking uh, Stone Clouds Neon Sunshine. Oh, good beer! And it is awesome. I yeah. I blew my uh, Revolver Blood and Honey tap last night. I blew the keg, so I, I put this on, and I will tell you, I think I like it better than I do the uh, Revolver.
3: Hmm. Yeah. I I'm probably there with you too. Yeah, I like it. It's a great beer. It is a
2: great.
4: Yeah,
3: I mean that, the blood and honey is super delicious, but that's a good beer too. Is neon hard, sunshine's good. Is I, Stone Cloud be. itself, there hasn't been a beer from Stone Cloud that I've tried that I haven't liked. I know. Right? So everybody that's listening, Stone Cloud is a local OKC brewery, craft brewery. Um, we've had them on before. We've done a couple different beers. Uh, of we've those. done a sunshine. We've had neon yeah. sunshine. We had them in the neon sunshine. Yeah. yeah. So Paul, we're uh, talking with Josh. Say hi, hi to Josh. Hi. Um, Josh is a boat detailer. How oh, cool! Um, I mean, he does other stuff, but he specializes that's, that's in boats. Butter, yeah. Yeah. You you own a boat? I do not own a boat. Have you?
2: I have owned a boat. what do you and, own? Well, I, I had just a little ski boat back, okay. in, back in the '80s, and you know, the, the two happiest days. Back in the '80s. Back in the '80s. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, 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 the day that I bought it and the day that I sold it. <laughs>
3: Oh, you sold it the same day you bought it. No,
2: I sold it later. But those oh. were the two happiest days. Oh, I'm those are happy. Oh, oh yeah, because only
3: a boat it's nothing but a disaster. What about oh. the memories on the boat, though? I
0: mean, What's that? What? what about the memories on the boat? Oh, I have
3: memories well, on boat the boat. little boat sex? <laughs> yeah, boat sex is good. <laughs> boat sex, sex is very good. good. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. I've had some bad.
4: (laughs) Is that user error? Yeah, that's user error. It's choices, right? Yeah. (laughs) Both
3: sex is good though. A
2: lot of good memories. A lot of good memories. Especially with Stone Cloud. Yeah. Yeah. All
3: right, Josh. Sorry about that, man. Paul walked in. Uh, and remind me what you were saying. I super Um, apologize.
0: Yeah. We. (laughs) We were talking about compounds and what we're using. And oh so yeah, yeah, yeah. Presto. I was going to ask the next question honestly because I mean you've got different options to choose from. You know what we're looking for now, but a yeah. lot of questions that guys get is how do you charge for boats? So we get clients that'll call and they'll say, hey, or potential clients and say, hey, yeah, great question. What do you charge per foot? And I don't ever charge by the linear foot. I don't. I just don't because some boats are taller, bigger, what, whatever than other boats. So yeah. I'm like you. I'll go out. We'll drive an hour, forty five hour and a half to go look at the boat, do a test spot, then give them a quote that way. But do you charge by the foot? Is that a lucrative way to do it? Is that efficient, or do it's, you – Usually,
1: the, as far as I know, that's, like, the standard for uh, to charge for a boat. But who
0: made that the standard, though? Is that the standard for the client? Is it, you know what I mean? Like, I, I just don't – people ask, and I'm like, I don't charge by the foot. It could – it's going to really vary. I, it's just – I just – I try to do that that way, and the numbers just don't add up when I get on the side. I'm like, this just doesn't make any sense. I don't know why I'm charging X amount for this just because of this, this this many feet. It, yeah, it's gonna Well, I mean, it wouldn't
2: scale to a cruise ship,
0: right? I, not necessarily, but I mean, all boats need different, different.
2: You know, like for instance, like, okay, so I've done, um,
1: like, uh, I just got done doing a 20 it was a 20, twenty or 21 foot sea rate. Um, it was out of the water. Like, there's a lot more factors that I factor into it that dictate my price as far as my linear foot rate. Um, there the, i've got everything from if, if it's on the water is it if it's in the water is it on a airlift if it's on an airlift okay like there's is it in your driveway um is it in a shop is it on stands is it on a trailer um let's see do you want the interior and the exterior done most of the time i personally break those into two separate quotes correct just, um that's just that's how i've done it that's how i was taught to do it so that's just how i've done it for years and um, then but then the next step is figuring out what they want, just like we do with vehicles, um, figuring out what they want and then kind of basing it off of that. Um, but so let's, I've got everything from a wash and wax, or I don't even use wax on boats either, um, but wash and sealant all the way to, you know, a full sand, full correction and a two or three year ceramic on top, from top to the bottom or what we can access to the water line. Um, I mean, it ranges so big just because of all the options and the variables that actually play into it um but i actually still do stick to the linear rate um when it comes to bigger boats like that you know that are either multiple stories or just huge in general like a houseboat or something um that's where i will use my general foot rate for whatever packages they want as a baseline and then i will increase it to whatever i feel it justifies the extra to it so if it's let's say it's a 50 foot boat and they want a a one-step-back coating, okay, they're going to be in it at least $50 a foot, and that's bare minimum, and that's probably lower than what I would typically charge to, for a coating, um, but $50 a foot just to make the numbers easy. Uh, so $50 a foot on a 50-foot boat, you're at 2500 And but it's a houseboat, so it's got two extra stories, or it's got two extra levels to it, less gel coat, but it's still gel coat you got to mess with nonetheless. So then that would be, I'd figure up, okay, how much gel coats there? Linear foot, watt, how much gel coats on that? And then I would just pretty much add that into either the the overall length of the boat, or I would just figure it up and then add whatever I figure up or for the rate up there on top of the total rate. That way, it kind of it'll kind of weigh itself out. Um, not every time, but most of the time, it'll pretty much compensate for the extra estate that you have to mess with, being that it's a larger boat.
3: So what does that come to if you got a big houseboat like that?
1: The last houseboat I did, um, it was a it was a fifty foot Gibson. Um, the guy wanted a one step and a six month sealant and from the very top to the waterline, uh, and including that's including under the swim deck and all that good stuff, um, under the seats and everything. Um, he was I uh, I don't remember the exact linear rate. I hate him at, but he ended up paying about twenty seven hundred dollars for me to come out there and spend about I think I spent five days on it.
0: So that linear foot I mean are you giving them that over the phone or is that are you give them that in person or No that was
1: in uh, person I give them same thing i will do if I'm not exactly able to make it out like if they're just persistent about getting some sort of number yeah. even after telling them like look I need to see it to give you the best number Well okay well what's the ballpark what can you give me some numbers That's when you know I'll just I'll give them you know I'll tell them look my rates go from $15 a foot to 120 plus depending on how big and condition and what you want and everything and so yeah I'll, you know, like if you give me a little more of what you want, I can slim the number down. But most of the time I get my general ballpark of what the rate will be and then tell them, look, this is the best case, this is worst case. And it could change depending on what I see because what they tell me over the phone, if, you know, it's one of the old classics. Oh, it's not that bad. It just
4: needs hmm. a good back.
3: I can't stand that line. And, and I get there. And know, that's, and what that's what Paul good. told me when he wanted his truck cleaned. What he said? It's <laughs> not that bad. <laughs> hey,
4: I got to talk to you about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, must be bad again. <laughs> no.
0: So a lot of the stuff we do uh or laying the guy that does all our boat detailing in quotes if they ask that we just kind of give them um, a number per man hour per day. So we're like, hey, you know, we've got two guys for for an entire day, that's going to, you know, run roughly 600 bucks depending on what we're doing. So we just kind of go by the by the by the man hour at that and say it's going to take us I don't know yeah. ten man hours and this per man hour, so it just yeah, kind of. If I, if I had a crew, I would probably gotcha. Be wanting to adjust it, but I'm a one man show. Yeah, I'm so yeah, a little different. Yeah. yeah.
3: So, oh, sorry. So, you, what do you think? You is that a is that an average? You think for somebody that wants to get into boats? You know, I guess you got to start small, but then you ultimately want to work up to those bigger ones. Is that a? Is that what you did? Yeah, yeah that's what I you do. Start, start small go big. <laughs> Uh, uh,
4: well, that's kind of how I started. I mean, I used to
3: do a bunch of like, wake but, well, so work. what hold on. Here's where I was going. Like, so 2,500 bucks for five days work. Is that? Yes. Yeah. Cause that's One basically, that's, that's basically 10 grand a month. Yes. That's perfect. That's $120,000 yeah. a year. Detailing boats. $2,500
0: like, for, two for two guys in a week is, is great. For one guy, is amazing.
3: Like It, it didn't sound so, but then it's like, holy shit, you're, well, you're making hundred grand a year from cleaning boats. Like, You want to make $100,000 next year? Cool, go clean boats.
2: Well, if you're paying somebody, you know, if you're paying your detail or $35,000 a year in detail, I mean, you know, you're making $65,000 on it. Mm-hmm. How many
3: people would not love to make 60 grand a year yeah like that's that's yeah. cool josh I mean,
1: it's even one of those i mean like because a lot of times like if i don't feel like i because i break it down hour wise too and see what i try to average out and if i'm not happy with that then i'll you know opt out okay well how many days did i have in it mm-hmm. and what, what did i make average a day after cost and all that jazz and then it usually ends up being to where it's a pretty solid number so it's not a not too bad of a deal but i mean there's i've done boats that were 400 bucks i've done boats that were almost five grand so it's just it all depends on there's just so many variables and factors that go into it like you're you're gonna ask you're i'm gonna play 21 questions with you when you hit me up to get your boat
0: done well that <laughs> 400 hundred dollar boat's gonna get you that five thousand dollar boat too because we get a lot of business being i think you said it too earlier on the podcast like you're on you're on the dock and you're working on a boat for five hours you're gonna get other business out there Hey, you can oh, look yeah. at my boat at next. If you look at my boat next, yeah, actually, I'll do a test spot on it, and you just keep going down the, down the dock, and next thing you know, you've got work lined up for an entire week. So,
2: so do oh, you, yeah. So do you guys, I mean, when you're out there, I mean, do you guys actually do, like, reconditioning as well, or is it just detailing? I mean, do you repair seats? Do you do other things like uh, that? I don't, um, I don't do any sort
1: of, like, gel coat, gel coat repair. Like, if you got a big knocker, Nick or something in the joke where it shows fiberglass or it's a gouge. Yeah, uh, that's a little over my head as far as I don't, I can't do those kind of repairs. Now, if your boat's supposed to be blue and it's white because it's so oxidized, I can fix that. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I can do, I guess what I would call like a jo- a minor joke restoration just because I'm not getting into the repair of itself. But if it's, if it looks rough, I can probably make it look a lot better kind of thing. It just depends on what you want to get done, how far you want to get into it. Um, what In kind England. of
4: spray
1: paint do you use? <laughs> um, I can't tell you last time I even sprayed
3: a can of spray it <laughs> He can't admit it. He can't admit it on air, Paul.
0: No spray paint.
3: Just joking, Josh. Just joking. All right, DJ, what do you think of the uh, Bud Light Chilada?
0: Uh, it's definitely a lot better than the uh, Modelo Celada, especially. Uh, what are you going to rate it? Uh, a two.
3: I Solid thought you would have. I thought I really thought this one was going to get up there for no, you.
0: I'm not. I can't rate this anywhere near. An you
3: accurate. still don't like it. It's just I thought you would like them, given that like you love it, Bloody Mary's. I, I'm not
0: ever going to go to the store and grab one of these. You're those. not. Unless we were all. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to grab one of these. I'd rather get an actual beer. You okay. want me
2: to go next door and pull? An oh no, Paul! Because we've got
3: one more for DJ to try. <laughs> oh
0: no.
2: <laughs> you want some? I'll, I'll try a little. Bit. All right
3: okay I'll go grab the next beer uh, Josh let's go to topic number two um, all right so we've learned a little bit about you know how you uh, how you price them what got you into boats um, but let's let's talk about why should detailers do boats I mean should people stay just uh, just doing cars you went niche um, kind of found, Further into doing boats, DJ dabbles a little bit. Mm, we're full-blown now, but we used okay, to dabble. Okay, well, a little you I, so now, dabble like so. I cool. only, I'm only
0: full-blown now because I found someone that actually was already full-blown anyway, and that's his passion, that's his thing. So, cool. Before, yeah, I'm, if he goes away, I'm still dabbling. That's and, it.
3: All right, so let's explain. This. So, how does somebody get into, why should, A, I guess the first question is, why should a detailer want to do boats? And then the, the second part of that question is then, okay, well, how?
2: Is
1: there
3: a season
2: for detailing
1: boats? Yes, as far as season, yes. Um, usually about two months before everybody wants to start hitting the water and the lakes and everything. That's when people are pulling covers off and wanting them, you know, not wanting the dust knocked off of them, or maybe the boat looks a little that looks worse than they thought it did before they put it up last year. So if you want to get it spruced up, because everybody wants to look awesome and bitching on the water. Um, I mean, that's just the way it is. If your boat's shining next to a dull one, you're like. You're just King Kong, I guess. I don't know. You're king of the water, but, um, but so I mean, it's all that's a thing with it. But at the same time, they should do it. Um, I mean, obviously, I mean, how DJ doesn't like doing them. You don't like doing them. I can name off three or four detailers that are just as good as any of us that don't like doing them. That call me or they say, hey, I don't mess with them. This guy does though, and this guy's awesome at it. Call mm-hmm. him. Yeah. And I mean, it's one of those like it's. There's not a lot of people that do it and there's even less people that'll get in the water and do them and when i mean water like i know guys that'll get out there and do them and like on a houseboat they'll buff to the deck where you walk on well there's still joko below that if they want that buffed, are you going to get in the water and do it most people won't or most people will request that they pull the boat out of the water what most guys don't realize or understand about that entire concept is nine times out of ten it's going to cost them more money out of their own pocket to pull that boat out of the water and pull it 100 foot into a parking lot so you can do it for your convenience then it's going to cost you to get in the water and do the entire boat so i mean i can either charge you a four thousand dollars pull your 40-foot boat out of the water or i can charge you a fraction of that and i can just get in the water and do it yeah and you know that's say that saves the customer money that saves them a bunch of con- conveniences like at, as a business owner and a detailer you eat the inconveniences that's just the way it goes i mean it's all for me it's all about convenience for the customer if i can get easier on them and less money they got to spend it's, and it's just more of a pain in the ass for me, it doesn't matter. That just kind of comes with the territory, in my opinion. Um, so, I mean, if, if it can stay in the water, cool. I ain't got no problem getting in the water and buffing them. I mean, I am I know I'm only – there's only one or two other guys that I know will willingly get in the water and buff them. Um, and most of the time, those guys holler at me when they need questions answered or they run into something. Um, but. But yeah, absolutely, so
3: yes, what do you mean get it in it the water? Great. Like, are you in like a, a little blow up boat that you're blow you know, up boat paddling around, or like what are you in a canoe? A like, I like, tried it a couple different ways actually. Um, I mean, that's a good, a good, good, good question. Good. Like, yeah. how do you get in the water? You can't swim. So you're like, you know, you I mean, gonna like, yeah. you get me. I can swim
0: sometimes no
4: um actually sometimes the very first boat i did out at keystone or the first time i ever got in the water
1: to do a boat i actually used a paddle boat that the marina had them i was actually ended up getting it like in, the like, one
3: I'm where you push it. with you like the little pedals and you're like yeah that's <laughs> awesome
1: and but so i mean and it was one of those like it was a it was one of those i knew i was gonna have to learn and figure some stuff out because i had never done it before so i was just what the first idea that popped in my head was, cool, that's big. I can scoot the boat over in the slip. I can squeeze along the side. It's stable. I don't need somebody else. Like that was in my head. That was the best fucking thing that could have worked. It did not work nowhere near as well as I thought it would. <laughs> <laughs> and it, was, it was just because I didn't factor in things. Um, there's a lot of other factors when you get onto the water that you have to accommodate for. Like if it's on the ground, you can push. You can put all your weight into that buffer, and you're not going to move that object you know if you're buffing a motorhome you ain't you're not going to push the motorhome over it's not going to sway six inches over you know when you do that you're, you push yourself away the buffer just because it's turning or or oscillating it has enough force that it'll you know sway you around in the water it, it's water's not solid obviously so it's a lot harder to figure out how you stick to the boat or how you wedge yourself in the water to stay solid where you can still Put the pressure down you need to, and do the, get the same results. Versus,
3: so what you find the- that worked?
1: I've tried the paddle boat. I've tried a little kayak, um, an open open boat kayak. Those work pretty good. Um, I actually ended up using uh, suction cuffs on either the nose and the tail of the kayak. I would sit perpendicular in it, so like crisscross applesauce style facing the sit parallel with the boat and i actually went and bought some carabiners and some suction cups like guys that carry glass would use hmm. um and you basically i just hooked them onto the bungee bungee straps that were attached to the front and the tail of the kayak and if i was working you know working a five-foot area i would get the suction cups wet i'd stick them on the hole of the boat and i would buff my spot that i needed to when i needed to move i'd grab a hold of one unlatch it it would kind of slingshot me forward and i would just suction cup my way down the down and for a while that worked wonderful um and then i got into the point where when you get up in the front where the hole is curved it's a lot harder because those suction cups don't stick to curved surfaces so that's where you get into trying to tie off and wedge yourself and finagle yourself into a position where you're not going to move a lot and it just it gets hard to do that um the way i do it now i actually have a uh it's an inflatable dock It's about eight foot long five foot wide and about six inches thick um it can hold about 800 pounds it's got d-rings already mounted into it so basically i just throw it down in the water in the slip and i can sit on it i can jump on it i mean it's super solid
0: um what are those running
1: honestly it's the best way i have found to do it so far just because you're not you don't have to be in some weird position to, or constraining in any way, contorting your body in any situation to buff or polish to so still get decent results. Like you can, you can sit on the sit on your ass and polish if you wanted to. You can lay on your back and polish if you wanted to, and it's literally just like you're laying on the ground.
0: What do those run? Um,
1: I actually, I bought actually bought one this year. The one that I got was about four hundred dollars to the door, but it was man. You want to talk about convenience? Mm-hmm. It's so much nicer. Um, like on a where do people boat, find I,
3: those? Yeah, because I'm like, hold on. Yeah, well, I'm sure Online. other people will be like, hold on. Like,
1: Online is where I actually scored mine. The company that makes it is called Solstice. Um, and it's they're awesome. They've got a smaller one that's a little cheaper. Um, I just I wanted the extra length so I didn't have to move the, the raft as many times when I was doing a bigger boat. Like, if I do a 40-foot boat, in theory, I should only have to move it at most five times to get from end to end. Um Whereas on a six-foot one, you know, I'm going to move it at least one or two more times to do it. And I don't know. I just, I wanted the longer one just to make it that much easier for me. And, man, the thing has paid off time and time over again. It's so nice. So what's it's it called like again? It, it's a solstice. It's solstice inflatable. Um,
3: See, inflatable. Like Blow up boat. That's we, what I said. You got your wish, Marty. Yeah. Nailed it. Didn't even know anything about boat detailing. And you just want
0: it. an inflatable.
3: <laughs> yes cheers paul cheers. all right so we've got the new the new beer on the bud light mango chalada yeah. paul loved it paul went back for yeah, seconds he did not
2: i just had to make sure it was as bad as i thought it was.
3: <laughs> we tried to give some to paul but paul poured back into our glasses <laughs> dj what do you think i like the mango it's definitely a change it's different one. right yeah. It adds that little bit of sweetness to it. Mm -hmm. Is that your favorite so far? No. Oh. Okay. Uh, Josh, have you had the mango?
1: Yes, I actually have. Um, I like the mango kick to it. I'm just, I like, like I like the chiladas for the the spicy kick to it. Um, So it kind of dumbs down the spiciness for me just enough where if I had a choice, I would probably get a different chilada. But if it was the only one, it's not going to deter me from not buying that one.
2: Oh, if, if it's the only beer, I'll drink it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. If I got options, by any means, I will probably grab something different. It'd still be lot, but it'd be different. But if that's the only one I got, you're damn right. That's that's the only beer I'm gonna drink it.
3: All right. So let's let's last talk about. I mean, how does a detailer go about? they they've listened to you they're like okay that might be something i want to do i'm gonna dabble you're gonna dabble like how I'm does somebody dabble into boat detailing how do they go get their first boat what's some of the the very basic stuff that they can do to kind of get themselves into boats
1: uh man honestly i mean most families somebody in your family has more than likely got an old rundown boat that either doesn't work they haven't used in a while or it's just sitting out in the field, like. The rougher it is, the better it is, just because if you can fix, if you can learn how to fix the bad ones, you can fix the easy ones way easy.
3: That's Paul's and motto, too. The rougher it is, the better <laughs> it is.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, that's how, that's how I do my test spots. I look for the worst spot possible, whether it's just a bunch of scratches, it's <laughs> oxidation, like method, on boat.
4: Okay. I would
1: look for the most severe oxidation, and or a spot that just drives the customer batshit crazy. If they point out a particular spot and say, man, this thing's just scuffed and fucked up, da-da-da-da, that's where i'm going to do the test spot because in my head, if i can fix the worst spot and their biggest concern the rest is going to be a cakewalk so, i mean in, in theory <laughs> but i so, mean
2: so have you ever thought about like going to the docks and and trying to work out a deal where they just add the your service fee to their monthly dock fee and you come out and you clean you know two times a year
1: i actually haven't thought of that um that's actually a good idea. I need to actually... You know, Paul has the, some good uh, ideas. <laughs> <Hey>, Ready <here's laughs> to go, Paul? Here's the sunshine. Yeah. <laughs> sunshine.
3: But honestly, I probably could work out something like that with uh, Keystone. Like I said earlier, I'm in pretty good with, with the... Uh, marina, attitude. I think is with what you're marina. talking about. it
2: keeps everybody else out. Yeah. Know? Because, I mean, if it's available... And it's like it's uh, just would you like the into, ex- into... Yeah. Would you like the extra, you know, $40 a month or whatever it would be? You know, well, yeah.
3: And you get your boat maintained a couple yeah. times a year? That's
1: right.
3: Oh yeah. Sounds like it sounds like a great idea. They yeah, take I'm a little gonna, piece of the power. i first I'm yeah. have
1: to throw that sales pitch out to my my marina managers.
2: Paul wants four percent. Curtis, yeah. I want five percent. No see if Stone Cloud Neon Sunshine.
3: <laughs> DJ only gives four. That's all I all I he pays out is four percent. But we do like the uh neon. Sunshine, we love the neon.
2: Sunshine. They, get,
3: they get a little percentage too. They
2: should.
3: <laughs> I mean, they should. You shouted them out. So. Well, I, ha- I bought a keg, so it's a small
4: percentage.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. All right, so DJ, let's uh let's rate this mango chalada.
0: All
2: right, hmm. Get a little, little sippy sip. You're drinking that faster than the other one because mm-hmm.
4: yes. I've already two in.
0: Uh, uh, i'm gonna stick with the uh i'm gonna do 1.75 wow yeah
3: so a little down from so your your favorite was the the basic bud light gelada i like the spiciness yeah because you like this good good choice josh thank you um i liked it at first i liked it a bit better than the bud light gelada but then I think the more I drink it, the more I go, eh, mm-hmm. like the mango is good at first, but then it kind of grows on you like, eh, I just kind of want that regular Chilada. Yep. Yeah. So, so I, I'm probably, I'm probably at about a two. Hmm. I'm probably at about a two. You like the Modelo. Yeah.
2: I was still.
0: experience only though. Uh, I,
2: love the, <laughs> I love the Negro Modelo. I like the other Modellos. I can't imagine I wouldn't like the Chilada Modelo. I don't think you would. It's well,
3: it's smoother. It's there's not any in there. Oh, but I have some back there you can have. We can try. Um, it's a little smoother, doesn't have the spice that uh, the Bud Light chill have. It's a little bit smoother.
2: No, I
4: like
3: it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, Josh, we are out of beers, just about. That means it's time to tab out. Um, this is your opportunity to ask the question. Am I gonna get a check, please? Uh, um, yeah. Well, actually, I need a check for those batteries I had to buy.
4: <laughs> so
3: I, I lost
0: the reusable batteries in a... Uh, you what? Yeah. I lost the, lost the reusable batteries in Vegas at uh, oh. MTE. Oh. It was perfect. Oh. You plug them all in the wall, and uh. they're good to go. And now our you left
3: the plug-in in the wall. <laughs> yeah, next to your vibrator. Oh, okay. Cool. Well I got my vibrator back. So why do you have so the
0: the chargeable batteries, man? Uh
3: just you know, I was busy.
4: What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, moving on. Oh man. Um okay, let's
0: see. So uh, we're cool. obviously tapping because 'cause we've <laughs> 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 We're talking nonsense now, so <laughs> good time to tap out. Yeah,
1: okay, let's see. Um oh, I'm just more or less curious what got guy- both of you into detailing like I know it more or less my, my family background just working around cars that kind of got me into the whole just the car scene in general um, and then I've already explained what got me into where I'm at now but what got y'all into the like what got y'all to the point where y'all wanted to be detailers at the level that you're at
0: so I'll go back to like the very basic like why I got into detailing and like just the basic basic so I lived at, here in Tulsa, there's an intersection called 91st and Memorial, and uh, I was 15 years old, so I didn't drive yet, but I've had a, I rode my bike everywhere, and I wanted a job where I can ride my bike to after work, or after I got out of school, and I did not want to go to McDonald's, I didn't want to go to a backyard burger, I didn't want to go anywhere fast food at all, and there was a, a car wash across the street, uh, through the neighborhood across the street, so I went there, got hired, and that's kind of how I started, so from there I worked there for a while and just dried off cars that came out of the tunnel then I moved back to the detail shop and uh, a good guy named Nate uh he uh taught me a lot of you know detailing tricks and tips and so forth and I got my feet wet there and that was really fun uh then my time was up there so I moved I went down the uh 2 miles down in Bigsby my
3: time was up there We won't go into that <laughs> my time was up there <laughs>
0: We weren't a good fit anymore, me and that company.
3: So I was like, is that what they told you? I
4: was like, who else needs DJ, me? your time is up here.
3: You're
0: no longer a good fit. So I drove down to Bigsby, which I've never crossed 101st in my life. And Marty was in his shop sweating his balls off, just like, who do I, I mean he just needed help man he needed, i did he needed, I just needed anybody he needed a really he good a he needed man. a really top-notch detailer <laughs> and i
3: still was looking for him but yeah, I in there, i'll take this guy <laughs> so he he's looks, like <laughs> he's a body i can train him he looks trainable he doesn't have a clue and i came doing, in i, I like showed him the
0: ropes Marty man and, and i showed him what was yeah. up and marty's like oh dude you're hired on the spot so yeah
3: we did, i hired you pretty quick you did I hire somebody No, you literally came i was a perfect fit
2: well, yeah, you were. And thank you.
0: Anyway, so that's what happened.
2: Where were you at? That, uh, hey, was it Zuds? Zuds?
0: right in front of Lowe's Zuds? at 113th Memorial? hundred eleven memorial?
2: Okay, all
4: right. Yeah.
0: But uh, yeah, that's. I mean, that Which literally is how I got into floor floor it, man. And I, I, I just. Be, I mean, I've always yeah, been into I've cars. My dad used, used to wash truck all the time when I was a kid, and you know, I was always into keeping everything clean, new. You know, keep a clean vehicle and so forth. But really, I didn't want to work fast food, and uh, that was the first thing I got into, and I loved it, and just grew in it. So. Yeah. yeah. See, that's honestly, that's how kind of how I was. Like, I didn't,
1: I, I always wanted to do manual labor. I never wanted to be a desk, to do a desk job or anything like that. Like, that never interested me. I always, always thought
4: I was better making money with my hands than I was with my brain. Or yeah.
1: Sitting behind a computer desk.
0: That's Marty, cool. Marty how did you uh, get into detailing, Marshall?
3: Mine was I was sitting at Kits Takey Audi, which is Dude, at, that place is so good. It's still alive,
0: it's still there. Yeah. S- yeah, still it is. some of the best sesame
3: chicken in town.
0: Yeah, the jalapeno chicken. Isn't it? Is not that where was that place at?
3: Jalapeno chicken. We,
0: there was a place we used to go to all the time in Zets. It was jalapeno. I have it in my phone. It's jalapeno chicken. It was a phone number on my phone. Oh as, no idea. That was you. You. you hmm. Maybe yeah, I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I don't Anyways, so, yeah. I remember we used to go to Kits a lot.
3: Um, and I was complaining about the job that I was working. This was 2002, and uh, I had a buddy that literally just said he had seen some people washing cars at the IGA, which was a grocery store, like, a couple miles away. And, yeah. And he said, <laughs> he said, you should do that. And I said, sure. Okay. <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> so if he would
3: have said anything else, would you have said sure? Yeah, like, he literally would have. Like, I was so miserable in what I was doing at my job. And I had the balls, in a sense. I, hope so. I really had the balls to just step out and do whatever. Um, and it's interesting. I've, I've started to really dive back into family genes and family history, and really spent some time talking to my mom about you know who her grandfather was, who her dad was. You know that who were the men in the family and how did why did I why did I spontaneously go okay. And then why did I start building a business? Like how did that happen? Like it just it was really odd. So and that was it, man. That was I, I don't have an amazing <laughs> story. Was whack, it was literally that just was horrible. hey, you should start this and I said, "Okay." And I quit my job like a couple weeks later. Like <laughs> I,
4: just, I just I just jumped in like no <laughs> clue how to do anything. you yeah, were
3: young, still
1: man. Be doing it if you didn't enjoy it. So I mean, well, there's a reason you quit your job and decided just to make that spontaneous decision.
3: Well, well, yeah, the the reason was because, yeah, (laughs) I mean, the the reason was because I was miserable and and it was an opportunity to do something that I had no idea. Like, I I don't I just I think that's why I say I, I asked my mom later, like, why did I do that? There's something I think there's something in people's genes that allows them the freedom to go jump and do
1: something. Yeah, absolutely.
3: So that's. That's it for me. Every time you bring up your mom, I think of that video that she came oh, up. Dude, you got to
0: post that. Like, so I, <laughs> You got to post my it mom's again. like
3: seventy-five years old, <laughs> but she's five five foot of fireball. Dude, like, you got to see me that super video. fun lady, and uh, and I gave her a pint of polish and t-shirt. <laughs> I think for Christmas. Yeah, and dude. the reason why I do that so my uncle, her brother, owned Tierra Vista. Uh, I don't know if you remember that from. You remember Tierra Vista? Yeah. So Tierra Vista was a massive landscaping company. And he grew it from just starting mowing lawns, just pushing a mower, and grew it to this massive. It got bought out by some big chain, and he got set for millions of dollars. Moved off to Maine, like he's he's good to go. Like, uh, but so what he would always do for Christmas gifts, and I remember it, and it like so I do the same thing. <laughs> is he would give family members. <laughs> Tierra Vista t shirts, hats, like that was his. And so, yeah. And so I gave my mom, who does not drink anything, we finally on vacation got her to drink a, a strawberry daiquiri. Nice. And she got came back for thirds. And then when I had my glass sitting over there, it showed up empty. No way. Yeah. We were like, Mom. She was like, What?
4: So Mom got a little tipsy.
3: But I gave her a Pines and Polishing Podcast shirt, and she came out one day wearing it. And I just happened to grab my phone and video it, and she's like dancing, like sh- shaking her 75 year old. Like.
4: It was awesome. Dude. It was
0: like I watched it over and over and over. Like, wait, okay, mom. Wait, what
3: yeah. the fuck are you watching? Oh, heck what? yeah, dude. Wait, oh, what? yeah. Like, oh, what? yeah. What? Oh, you yeah. watched my mom dance Absolutely. over
0: and over, over and over again. What the hell? My wife and DJ, I got a big laugh a, do we out of it. we have need to
3: have a talk about this? We
0: can talk about it. Yeah, we can I set up know. an arrangement. What do you want to do? Know. Set up an arrangement.
3: <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Yeah know man like <laughs> no you got cougar fever <laughs> i do not
4: no, I that's beyond I mean, cougar. it looks like you what's,
3: man That'd what's the hilarious. next beyond okay, I've got to tell you, I mean, a gilf you got gilf you got gilf
2: fever No,
0: no, no. when you guys see the video you'll understand it's you know, freaking hilarious 81 75 is more than gilf
4: <laughs>
3: that's great gilf yeah it's g great gilf. G-, g- gilf g gilf g- g- dj has G gilf <laughs> nice josh you got any gilf action like you got any uh you got any fetishes like dj all right no, not Shit. Not today. <laughs> 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 yeah, nobody will admit that. Uh-uh. Only DJ. <laughs> he watched my mom dance <laughs> multiple times with my wife. She's the one that showed. That's me. even worse. I know, man. What you man, guys man, do it? afterwards? We, That's disgusting. We sent it
0: to people. Shared it. <laughs>
3: There's some couple where you share these posts that watch <laughs> something, something like that. and then they and do yeah. so, you know. know right? They watch my mom dance and then now they got pregnant with their fourth kid. <laughs> this is fucked up even worse. They divided their
2: friends.
3: Now you have to post it. <laughs>
4: oh my word all right
0: thank you for your time Josh. (laughs) hey josh where can people find you and ask you a bunch of questions about boat detailing uh
1: man honestly they can they can get online and get on the facebook page at razor sharp detailing um it's r-a-y-z-o-r not like razor blade um you can send me a message on there i have countless guys all over the country hit me up about boat questions and i'm one of those i don't have a problem answering them um, they can do that and that would probably be the best way to get a hold of me or i mean i'm not opposed to them calling me or texting me either i've got guys from florida that call me all the time with questions working on boats also so you can call me it's 405-747-6408 i mean you can call me you can text me you can message me like if you can get a hold of me and you got a question I'm more than likely to give you an answer. If it's a good enough answer for you or not, that's debatable. But. <laughs> hey, I like the disclaimer. <laughs> I like that.
4: The
3: disclaimer is, I'm from Oklahoma, so, you know, you get what you get. <laughs> oh, yeah, pretty much. But, no, I mean,
1: I, I mean, I, I ain't got no issues helping anybody else. If they, if they got any questions, I mean, they can, they can contact me, no big deal. I ain't got no problems helping somebody out, walking them through how I do it,
3: or anything you know josh yeah. I, you are right i mean because you around here people know you as the guy that is does the boats and the guy that is not afraid to help other people there's some guys here that uh, you know, I, are not afraid.
1: Know, i love i love working with all my fellow guys i mean it's it, it's not just about working with another detail or, or you know getting to know other businesses like i'm pretty good friends with a lot of the guys that i do do work for um Dylan Brown's one of them. I've worked with Josh Parks, and the, time and time again. Um, let's see. I mean, I've worked with I've worked with a bunch of different guys that are either in the Oklahoma page or just guys in general that want to learn. And
3: he's got and, really good community. He does. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Cheers, like, Paul. Cheers.
1: It blows my mind. It blows my mind how cutthroat it is everywhere else in the nation. Mm-hmm. In Oklahoma is just so helping mm. and with everybody. Like it's not. Well, only if only if we
3: put out those good vibes, because yeah. DJs him high. I am there a are plenty of guys that are assholes. They're major.
2: That you know. Hey, guys, I'm right
0: here. <laughs> <laughs> You're an asshole,
3: Paul. Paul, we this is an intervention moment. We brought you over like yeah, we wanted to let you know. Yeah, you're an I'm asshole. Glad. <laughs>
2: self awareness is
3: always a good it is
0: way. it is very good yes Except and and when you <laughs> didn't get it
3: we have to tell you like we force it on you Josh man thank you so much as dj said thank you for your time definitely and, uh, i know you're working
0: on something yeah, now, yeah you're
3: working now and so thank you for taking your time off to uh, to help no, no, no. chat with you're us you're welcome for the break how about that Yeah, we I
0: appreciate gave you a break i appreciate the wow <laughs> wow you're kind of uh, hey as <laughs> detailers as workaholics we have to be like you got to be forced to break i mean otherwise <laughs> he wouldn't have had a break today i doubt he probably ate be, lunch well, i've taken i've taken breaks but it was probably a five minute break and then i looked See? at what i need to get done today and i'm like shit i need to get out get yep walking. there you yeah. go hey marty where they what? find you at
3: uh at pints and polishing podcast yeah yeah that's it um well, no, I just – I got to lead with that. Why?
0: Because you gave me shit for so because many years. Because you never
3: led with it, and I would always have to pry it out of you.
0: <laughs> I'm the co-host. You're okay. the host. Yeah. Uh, You're supposed to – Either way. Nope, nope. I'll tell you
2: where they can find you. Oh. <laughs> yeah. They can find you all over there getting a new, new – uh, I'm not going over there else. to no, uh-uh. get our
3: ass kicked <laughs> in <laughs> pool. So one night
0: <laughs> – well, like, Paul's like, hey, come. So Paul's our neighbor. He so, Paul brought back a lady. So Paul had a lady, and he was like, hey, guys, come play pool. We're like, you know what? We don't go over there very often. Yeah, let's go. Let's go play pool with Paul.
3: He kicked our ass. Like, Not just kicked our ass. We didn't, we didn't even, get,
0: we didn't to even get to hit the yeah, ball. We didn't even like, get
3: to hit. He ran the table on us. So we, we
0: were pretty much, uh, what do you call it, wingmen yeah, for Paul. Would, like, I appreciate that. You're yeah. welcome. But
3: <laughs> I think the second game we only got one shot. The they third,
2: made play left-handed.
3: Yeah, the third game we made you play left-handed, and I think we still lost. Still lost. Oh, we did. Yeah. We did.
2: So uh, that's Paul. Yeah,
3: no, that's Paul. Uh, you can find Pints of Polishing Podcast or Marty L. Hill or Total Auto Solutions.
0: Yeah, where can they find us in a few weeks? Uh,
3: two weeks? Few weeks. Few weeks? Few. Yeah. Uh, November. You mean you mean, uh, November? <laughs> November. That's, that's, where can uh, they find us in November? That's still like six weeks <laughs> away. It doesn't matter. I'm excited, man.
0: <laughs> I'm looking at this glass he's got here. Yeah. Paul's got the Gordon Beersh glass, and I'm like, man, it's so, that was it's really so cool. That was really cool that he
3: brought it. Uh, pint night, November 5th at SEMA. you got to go to freebeersema.com. DJ will give his radio voice now. You
0: uh, guys want to know where you can find Hold on, Paul. I got yeah, to do the yeah, voice, All right. You ready? <laughs> you can go to www.freebeersumer.com. I can't do it, man. No, I can't. Yeah,
3: he hates getting put on the spot. I, I, do, I can do it. I'm he not on the spot. He hates getting put on the spot. So, All right, no,
0: no, Please don't do that ever again. That's horrible. <laughs> Guys, I'll do it next time. Next time uh, it is.
3: But, yeah, we're super excited. Completely free beer. You just got to go register, show up. We'll get you a pint glass. Yeah. We, we already know some big names that are going to be there. They're very that? excited. It's at Gordon Beer's Brewery in
2: Vegas. in Vegas. Oh, in Vegas. Oh, yeah. I
3: love it. On November 5th, 8 to 10 o'clock. Um, you, we know Rennie's going to be there, yeah. already confirmed. Bob Rennie, Phillips will Bob be Phillips. there. There's a lot of big guys, big names. We'll start releasing all those people. Um, we absolutely know uh, a couple of boat detailers that will probably be there. Uh, Mark from Firehouse is always somebody that – People should know and get to know. Super great guy. He'll be there. Justin Labato will be there. I mean, a we a lot can, of your
0: manufacturers he, he, too. I yeah. mean, like it's so yep. brand neutral. Every probably Buffen someone shine from every will be brand will be, uh, will be
3: there. Yeah. Uh, Julio will be there. So um it's a great night to get, like I said, free great beer. I mean, Gordon Beers Brewery is oh, an I exceptional brewery. Heaven uh,
0: Heppenweisen.
3: Yeah, their is incredible. Uh their Dunkel's pretty good too. Yeah. So anything, um uh, in that, you know, German style, that wit, uh, anything through that, uh, th- and being in November, that'd be a perfect time to drink those beers. So, eight to ten o'clock, uh, freebeersema.com. If you don't register, you're not going to get in. That's the sucky part about this as year, early yeah. as everybody else. So, everybody that registers will get as soon as they walk up. They'll they'll bring in their Confirmation. They'll bring that up. They'll get a pint glass on the spot. If you didn't pre-register, you'll just wait for you know a couple minutes. Let everybody Mm, in. Like a
0: half hour. Yeah,
3: yeah, no, a good half hour. You know, you'll wait until everybody else gets in that pre-registered, and then you can come in. So definitely need to pre-register. Freebeersema.com. If DJ would do his radio announcer voice, they might get it, but he chickens out whenever you put him on the spot. I can't do it on the spot, man. Oh, he doesn't perform. I don't free do. Well. He doesn't perform uh, well. well he he watches, hey, there he we go. This your mom. Let's play that. <laughs> she was here. He Watch his video of my mom. But he can't perform. <laughs> nice, Paul. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, Josh. Thanks again, man. I really appreciate it.
4: Well, I appreciate the time,
3: man. Also. All right, man. Have a great night.
0: YouTube, Paul. Thank you. Ah, uh-huh. see you, dude
3: wow what a great episode hey guys thank you as always for listening really means a lot when y'all give us your feedback when we see you out or we get dms telling us about how much you guys enjoy uh, listening and the value you get out of it so thank you as always for the feedback you give us it really does mean a lot hey wanted to give you guys a little preview we're gonna do some fun stuff for SEMA. Um, hit us up on our Instagram page, so send us a DM, say, hey, what's up with that extra thing at SEMA you talked about, and more details to come, but we're going to do some special tastings with, uh, just a couple select guys to sit down, drink some really cool beer, and, uh, record a show together, so that'll be at SEMA, more details to come,
4: you want in, hit us up on the IG, hey, this is Marshall, make it a great day.